I would say happy hump day, but uh, it's not a happy day today. Normally, I'd do something called rip from the headlines right now, but I'm, I'm not going to today. <clears throat> because today I want to talk to you about how I'm feeling. Because I know some of us are feeling the same way. About what happened. And what I'm hopeful of going forward, we will talk about later in this hour with my buddy and yours, Mark Levine, who hosts the Inside Scoop an hour before my show and the first hour of my show on the Leslie Marshall Show Network. God, where do I start? Out of 107 polls, over 100 of them said that Hillary Clinton would win. Brad Bannon said she would win, said her name state after state. The polls showed that. The predictors, 538 every day, had her up and down, but never had Trump winning, and not by uh, the number we saw. Now, let's be clear. One, you'll hear Paul Ryan and others on the right say that Donald Trump has a mandate. He doesn't. Google it if you don't believe me. He doesn't. Actually, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, as did Al Gore back in 2000. And Hillary Clinton, unlike Donald Trump, if he had been in this situation, with class, with dignity, called him shortly after he reached 270 and conceded. And then after the concession, he came out and made an acceptance speech. Donald Trump did not believe that he would definitely win. He had two speeches, as did Hillary Clinton. There were many that were angry that Hillary Clinton, especially critics of hers, because everybody has to be a critic of hers. Even today, the day after it's over, the day after she's lost, not won, the haters, the deplorables, the Trump supporters, the conservatives or Republicans, they just can't let it go. Somebody said that liberals are angry and hate, you know, filled with hate and that what happened in Oakland when people rioted, you know, that's an example of the liberals. Really? I want to share with you some of the comments that I have read and received today. First of all, Hillary Clinton conceded and then this morning gave a speech. Now, some people said, oh, she should have come out and spoke to her, her, uh, you know, uh, supporters that were standing there. And I agree, but uh, my mother pointed something out. My mother said, how do you stand in a room with a glass ceiling and admit defeat when you you still can't break it? And after 240 years, ladies and gentlemen, the United States of America still has never had a woman as president. And that was one of the factors for me in my support of Hillary Clinton in 2008 and again in 2016. I mentioned on TV, I've mentioned to people that know me that when I went to vote yesterday, I took my kids with me and our, the place we voted allowed me to bring my kids in with me so they could see the process in my little cubicle. And when I voted for Hillary Clinton, I took my eight-year-old daughter's finger and I put it on top of mine and pressed that button. I wanted my daughter someday to remember being with mommy on election day when history was made, when for for the first time ever in 240 years, there would be a girl as president. I was so confident Hillary Clinton would win. I bought my daughter two months ago, a Hello Kitty bracelet that has Hello Kitty and a little picture of Hillary that I was going to give her for Christmas. Maybe I still will. 
I'm disappointed. We all are when our candidate doesn't win. I had a lot of emails, text messages, and phone calls from friends of mine, and not all female. People I've worked, people I work with in radio and television, and the general consensus was that I hate to lose, and I hate when my candidate loses, but this really affected me differently than any other election or any other loss. Now, that's how it is for me, and so many people are saying that to me, male and female. One of my best friends I've known since I was five lives in Alexandria, Virginia, <clears throat> and she said, I'm not even a big fan of Hillary. And she goes, and I don't know if it's because of me being a woman or who our next president's going to be that I'm taking this to heart and very personal, personally, I'm having a hard time functioning today. One of my other girlfriends and her mom said they are dressing in black. And by the way, yesterday I wore blue with my I voted sticker on television. I did that on purpose in support of the Democrats. And I had a dress hanging in my closet that was white, unseasonable for fall. And I put it away. Because even though, yes, we've had the first major party candidate for president after 240 years, And yes, women can vote. Thank you, Susan B. Anthony and the others in the suffragette movement. To quote another great leader, I still have a dream. When I was six years old, I was given a book. I remember it was red. had a cute, like, you know, hip, trendy girl on the cover. I loved this book. I took it with me. You know, it was one of my favorite books at the time. And it was a book about who you want to be and what you want to do when you grow up. It told me I could be a nurse. I could be a teacher. It never told me I could be a judge or a lawyer or a doctor or a police officer or a firefighter. And in 2016, women hold highly ranking positions in all of those fields, including the House and the Senate. And we have more women, at least two, if not a third, hopefully, coming into the Senate and as Democrats. But we still don't have a president, a woman president. And if you don't think that's significant and a nation that claims to be the leader in women's rights and, you know, we forge the way and, you know, you know look at us, don't look at the rest of the world. You know, we, we poo-poo Islamic nations because they make women, you know, dress a certain way. But Afghanistan has more women in its parliament than we have in our House and our Senate. France, <clears throat> Germany, the U.K., Chile, Israel, India, Pakistan, a Muslim country, have all had female leaders. Canada, have all had female leaders. We have not. Now, it's not just about female. But some people say it was this female. A lot of things happened that were good, and I want to point those out first. But then I want to point out some bad and some realities that you all have to wrap your head around. And I'm sorry to finger point, but that's a reality. One, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote, which means the majority of Americans voted for her, which means by majority rule, she would have been our president. And anybody who wins the popular votes happened a handful of times in our nation would be president if we didn't have electoral college. Now, I've always thought we should get rid of the electoral college. Republicans used to feel this way because they always felt, <clears throat> can I have a little more time, guys, today for this? Just, I mean, they see we got a floater. Thank you. Uh, the Republicans have always said they wanted a different electoral college. Why? Be- they want a different electoral college because they have seen it benefit Democrats. 
But, you know, the lines are changing, whether it's gerrymandering, changes in state laws like North Carolina and Ohio with regard to early voting. And there's definitely been an effort to keep people who normally vote Democratic and are easier targets, whether they're homeless or elderly or minorities or poor, um, keep those people from the polling stations, keep those people uh, from voting. Now, Donald Trump doesn't have a mandate. Donald Trump did not win the popular vote. By 70-some votes, he won the Electoral College. We're not talking, you know, one or 200. This was not a landslide. And Democrats picked up seats in the House. They didn't expect to take the House. And although it doesn't look like they will take the Senate, there are still some seats in play, and they could tie it up. And that's just going to be a lot of gridlock. Speaking of, what will Republicans do? I mean, what will Republicans do after trying, what will Republicans do on television, on radio, in the House especially, when they can't have any more Benghazi committees, they can't have any more investigations into emails, what's Julian Assange going to do? He can dump all the emails he wants, it doesn't matter. And today, rather than saying, you know what, Hillary Clinton was a class act, they gave her crap for not coming out last night, even though John Kerry did the same thing as she did. Made a phone call, got a good night's rest, got up, got themselves together, washed, dressed, looking their best. Had their time to cry. And then said, I'm sorry. I'm sorry we didn't win. But don't you give up because I didn't win this time. Don't you give up for the future. And spoke to women and spoke to little girls. And I was crying my eyes out. Because I wanted that woman to be our president, and I wanted today to be able to be excited with you, jubilant, and to talk about history being made. And that didn't happen. Now, let me tell you what did happen. In addition to winning the popular vote, in states, when you sat there last night, as I did, and you heard Georgia too close to call, Hillary Clinton leading in Iowa, Arizona, too close to call. Now, I know some of you are going to say, well, her husband had Arizona. But remember, very different time. We didn't have the Hispanic population that we do now. And we didn't have the immigration issues that we do now. And Bill Clinton was perceived as a Southerner from the state of Arkansas. Hillary Clinton's from New York and originally from Chicago, not perceived as a Southerner at all. These are very red states that, yes, they went to Donald Trump. But go and look at the percentages. And I say that because Hillary Clinton, as a Democrat got more support in certain states like Georgia than any Democrat has in recent times where our nation has been so divided. And if you look at the map and think, oh, we're so Republican, no, no, no. Look at the numbers. If you look at the popular vote, she won, and not by a lot. If you look at the Electoral College, he won, and not by a lot. And if you look at each state that he won that you thought she should win and would win, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, Michigan, he won by what? One percentage point, two percentage point. I remember last night, it was 18 points apart in New Hampshire. 18! So what's happening? State by state, there are some red areas growing in blue states. And state by state, there are some blue areas going in red states. Why do you think Hillary Clinton wore purple? What do you get when you combine red and blue? Purple. And that is what our nation will have to be to survive. 
Polls, if we can believe them, and stats seem to show that socially, most of the country is okay with smoking pot, as state initiatives have showed. And I have to say thank you in California. I can get stoned for the next four years to live through this presidency, ha, 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 legally. Uh, but in, in, in addition to that, what this shows is we are a very, very divided nation. Very divided. Very divided. And my concern, and I said on TV earlier, is that Donald Trump is not going to be the guy to unite us. Now, I know some of you may say, ah, you're poo-pooing and being a naysayer. No, I just can't wrap my head around a a pussy-grabbing president. That's what he said. His words, not mine. I can't wrap my head around the video of a man mocking a disabled individual who happened to be a member of the press. I can't get my head around a man banning a member of the press, violating the United States Constitution, the freedom of speech, banning and proposing to ban a religion, a entire religion of people throughout the world that can help the United States economy, not just with tourism, that benefit us with regard to education and technology, you know, as teachers and doctors, and by the way, violate the very foundation of the creation of this nation, freedom of religion. I fear for, for violence and not from people that didn't support Trump in Oakland like we saw last night. When you have the KKK donning their hoods and coming out of the closet and chanting and David Duke saying it's the happiest day of his life and he's running for office again and white supremacists are excited. And even ISIS posted today. Did you see that? ISIS was happy about this because they're hoping that Muslims in this country will feel threatened, oppressed, disenfranchised and will go online and be easy and ripe for the the picking of recruitment and radicalization by ISIS whose numbers keep going down and are dwindling. I'm Leslie Marshall. We're going to take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk with Mark Levine. One guy told me I, sh- I should wear black for mourning because it covers more of my body. What a surprise, a Trump supporter being misogynistic toward a woman. How out of character for them. Another woman, when I told that story about my daughter on television, said that I was a terrible human being. I had no values. I was a terrible parent. And my daughter is screwed simply because I supported... Hillary Rodham Clinton. How how normal for a Trump supporter to diss a woman, to judge somebody they don't know, and to say something negative about a child, my child, right? And then I have this from Tom Kelly, retired law enforcement, Florida law enforcement officer, military veteran, who's paid for my right to speak, who says he's not going to follow me, and he says nasty things I can't even read on here, to be honest with you. Uh, let me see. Good riddance. I've been meaning to delete you for from my contacts for so long due to your liberal viewpoints and Trump trashing, knowing you actually still voted for a felonious, corrupt Hillary. By the way, she's never been charged, never been indicted. She's not a felony. Look up the word. Uh, should result in the loss of your media credentials. Go get a job at the Clinton News Network. Leave Fox. Well, no, sweetie. I'm a liberal Democrat, right? you got to have both sides. And Mr. Kelly, I paid with my tax dollars for you to fight for my freedom to be on Fox or any other network, I damn well please. I'm Leslie Marshall. Quick break. Mar- uh, Mark Levine coming up with me after this. Mark Levine, host of the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine, delegate of Virginia's 45th District and a former legislative counsel to Democratic Congressman Barney Frank in the House Judiciary, Homeland Security, and Financial Services Committees. You know him. You love him. Uh, good to have uh, you with us. Uh, so much to talk about. Uh, first of all, were you shocked by this, Mark? I'm sure you yeah, are. Yes. 
Yes, I was. I, I'm not going to deny it. All the polls showed her well ahead. I, I had figured out my map. I knew that if she went Florida, she won. Great. If she not, she could win North Carolina. She'd win. Fine. Even if she lost both of those and she lost Ohio, she'd be fine. She could just win Nevada, which I thought she was going to win, or New Hampshire. And so wait, I, I thought she I, did. Wait, I thought she did win Nevada. She did win Nevada. So it all worked. But I was assuming all along that she would hold Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, because those had never been under 5% on any of the polls. So I didn't even consider those a possible loss. They were always five points up. So because I didn't consider that she could lose those three Midwestern states, and, you know, I'm not the only one. I'm just following the polls. I don't, I don't make the polls. Right. But that's what the polls said. And, you know, they were right in 2012, and they were right in 2008. And apparently they were wrong this time, all of them. We're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and talk about uh, some of the things we can learn from this. I also want to talk to you, Mark, about going forward, some of the things that Trump's proposed and how possible it is for him to get some of his agenda through. We'll be back with Mark Levine and you. Follow him on Twitter at Mark Levine Talk, the website MarkLevineTalk.com. Back in a moment. We're back with Mark Levine, host of the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine and delegate of Virginia's 45th District. Uh, Mark, thank you for holding. Welcome back. Okay, so we, we, we were all blindsided uh, most uh, definitely. I'm going to be honest. I cried like a baby. I, I think I cried before the show. I can't stop crying. It's ridiculous. Um, and, and a lot of people have said to me, I don't know why this is affecting me different than any other loss. Are you hearing that and are you even feeling that? Well, I'm definitely feeling that. Uh, I, I really didn't cry until I heard uh, Hillary Clinton uh, this morning, and that, that brought me to tears, actually, uh, her and Tim Kaine. Um, but, um, yeah, this is different. Um, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've lost elections before. I certainly supported Kerry over George Bush. I wasn't happy when he won. But um, it's different when you have someone who is basically appealing to sexism and racism and homophobia and, and Islamophobia and, and I mean, the, the worst, and, you know, hates Mexicans and disabled. I mean, this is a guy who preyed on the very, very worst natures of Americans. Not, by the way, because I think he necessarily believes it even, but because he knew that that was a group that, well, you know, not a lot of people had appealed to white supremacists in a long time, not since George Wallace. And he felt he could get them to vote and uh, he, he did. Uh, what what, I, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no. I was going to say, I, I, it, it's just, it's, he's not a normal. He, he's Republicans. I'll be the first to tell you, he's not a normal Republican. This was not an election between a Democrat and Republican. It was an election between a Democrat and a Trumpist, someone right. who supports authoritarian rule, someone who, uh, you know, has violence at his rallies, someone who is just the way he talks about people, the way he insults people. It's bringing out the worst in Americans. I, I've never seen such rudeness. You know, I, I went to the polls. I always go to the polls in my district on Election Day. I, I represent a very Democratic district. Um, it, we probably have less than a quarter Republicans. And um, usually I go and I greet everyone, and I greet Republican, I greet Democrat. Everyone's very friendly with me. But there was some about Donald Trump that there were a few people that just, they were just really, really nasty. And I think he brings out the worst in Americans. Uh, and it's, it's scary in that way. I heard a woman on NPR on my way to the studio from New Hampshire, uh, a section of New Hampshire that was red, and they asked uh, why she was, uh, you know, Republican, why it's becoming more red and in this election specifically. And she said, I'm paraphrasing, something to the effect of, I think we just normal, everyday Americans aren't just sick and tired and fed up, but when we saw him speak and heard him, we said, yeah, that's how we feel. 
And when I heard that and I thought of the pussy grabbing statements and I thought of the mocking of the disabled and I thought of the calling all Mexicans who come here uh, illegal or otherwise rapists and murderers when, you know, the, the other things that he has said, um, you know, with the, uh, you know, the gays, you know, uh, or, or regarding, you know, uh, Jewish people speaking to a Jewish group making an, an off-the-cuff anti-Semitic remark. You know, uh, Afri- African-American, I mean, his whole, his whole life he has insulted almost every group uh, imaginable. That 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 uh, when I told my mom that I heard it on the way home and uh, <clears throat> on the way to the studio and my mom had called me you know on speaker in the car and I told her what I had just heard and she said that's probably the most the saddest statement of all and that unfortunately I think represents half of our nation so how do we go forward and unite Mark and how how can this guy be the the, the leader of the, the the great divider be any kind of a uniter. I'll just tell you a call, Leslie, I got in my hour, uh, right before yours, uh, the last call I got, a guy from Dayton, Ohio, who told me that uh, he, didn't want, uh, Mex- he didn't want Mexicans here, he didn't want Muslims here. Uh, and I said to him, well, where are your ancestors from? And he said, uh, uh, I said, no, where are your ancestors from? He said, Poland. I said, well, you know, there are certainly Americans that didn't want Polish people here. You know, right now in England, they're trying to get rid of all the Polish people coming over. I mean, he said, no, but Europeans are better. Europeans are better. And it's like, Europeans are be- I haven't, I don't think I've had a single caller to my radio. I, don't, I can't recall one. In, 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 I've been on the air for, for 13 years, and I can't recall anyone calling my radio show with a clear, actively racist comment like that. Usually they use dog whistles. They hide their racism. I've had racists call in, but no one who actually, Europeans are better? What? Whoa. I, it, 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 it's, and, and they're free to come out now. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You see more pictures of, remember, we didn't see people with KKK hoods except in, like, historical photos. And that's sort of like... the 30s or maybe maybe even the 50s, but not much later than that. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe yeah. the 60s. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just insane. Um, okay, so let's talk about some things, because in addition to all this, you're a lawyer. I can mention that as well, right, mm-hmm. in addition to a delegate yeah. and talk show host. Okay. Sure. So let's talk, because I was talking with people who support Hillary at Fox today, and yes, a lot of people who work at Fox and Democrats, especially here in Los Angeles. And, and, and here were the big concerns, okay? Number And not just because you're a lawyer, but you know Washington very well, and you are very, very educated in our political system and how it operates. Um, Okay, one, that's the first question. This is a guy who doesn't know our Constitution, doesn't understand government. I don't even think wanted to be president, just wanted the – to win – you know, and get the title kind of thing. How I, I likely it is, how likely business. is it that this guy is going to go to work every day? Because this is a this is a tough job with very long hours, um, where you have to work with and get along with a lot of people throughout the world. How does a Donald Trump do that? Yeah, well, like you said, I mean, this I think he went in to promote his business. He did it on a lark. He, he saw that Ben Carson and Mike Huckabee had basically profited off their presidential runs and sold books, and Donald Trump will do anything for a quick buck. So that's why he ran. He, no one was more shocked. He said this. No one's more shocked than he was when he won the nomination. And then even going into this race, I fully expected to lose to Hillary. That's what they're all saying from the inside, uh, all those reports. So, no, you're right. He doesn't want to work those long hours. What he'll probably do is just let people like Corey Lewandowski and other his, of his thugs uh, just decide everything. It'll be very much like 
you know, Vladimir Putin style, an authoritarian ruler who's the figurehead who goes around, or the Cadillo, which is the sort of Latin American dictator style. They go around and everyone praises them, and Donald will love that. He's looking forward to that. And he'll let all these corrupt other people make decisions. And I'm thinking uh, like the Harding presidency, which had the Teapot Dome scandal, generally considered one of the worst presidents in American history. He'll just let his minions be very corrupt. They'll give special deals. People who praise him will get you know tax breaks. I think it'll be one of the most corrupt administrations we've ever had. Um, but uh, luckily, you know, he's got the FBI in his corner, so I guess he's okay. Ah, okay. So let's talk about some other things. Supreme Court appointments. He's got one, perhaps another. Oh. Of course, people are praying oh. Ruth Bader Ginsburg lives to 110. Um, Absolutely. What is the likelihood? How difficult is it, and what is the likelihood, honestly, that Roe v. Wade would be overturned? as not a majority of Americans want, but the evangelicals who the Republicans uh, pander to and bend over for? Well, uh, it's it's 4-4 now. Kennedy might vote to uphold it. Uh, so if that happens, uh, then if Ruth Bader Ginsburg were to retire or, or not live long enough, um, then, yeah, yeah, we could, we could just start uh, putting – well, Donald Trump said he wants to punish women that have abortions. I don't know how long the jail term is going to be, but given that one-sixth of American women have had one, we have to build a lot of jails, a lot of jails for those tens of millions of American women. But he doesn't know what he's talking about. Um, the, the, the real he, – he put this whole list of right-wing people that some, I don't know, right-wing lobbying group gave him, and I'm sure there's some really awful people there. Uh, and, um, you know um, – Democrats may try to filibuster. The Republicans might end the filibuster for all time. Uh, You know, what they did with Barack Obama has never been done in all of American history, where they said, you know, there's a year out and we're just going to wait for the next president. That's never been done before. The longest wait in American history was four months, and most were done in about a week or two, and later on, you know, maybe 30 days. But four months is the longest anyone's ever had to wait. Um, And they just basically said, you know, it's all a power struggle for them. They just want power. And the proof is Republicans are not going to flip-flop. They used to care about deficits. Now they're going to love big deficits because Donald Trump wants big deficits, right? They, they used to care. Um, uh, you know, many of them used to support immigration reform. Now they're all going to be for deporting all the immigrants. The, the Republicans are just uh, on foreign policy. Most of them supported, uh, you know, U.S. foreign troops abroad. Now they're going to start loving Vladimir Putin because they're going to do whatever Donald wants them to do. It's going to be really interesting watching these flip-flops. And I just wonder what's going to happen if the American people will get sick of it in 2018. But that's a tough year for us, too, because there's a bunch of uh, senators in red states. So it's it's I wish I could give some more hope or something comfort, but I'm not feeling real hopeful right now. When you look at the uh, breakdown, 231,556,622 eligible voters in the U.S., 46.9% did not vote, 25.6% voted for her, 25.5% voted for him, and 1.7% voted for Johnson. And I point that out because one of the problems I found, somebody wrote something today, and sorry, but I thought it was funny, on Facebook, and it said, to all you millennial Bernie holdouts, you know, good job staying home, yeah. voting for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson. Now you really will have to live in your parents' basements because you're not going to get a relief for your student loan, and you're certainly not going to get free That's college true. tuition. Uh, but That's so, so true. let's talk about that. Voting for Johnson and Stein, maybe not Stein as much, but voting for Johnson, um, that 1.7 percent 
in some states could have given Hillary Clinton the win and could have given her the presidency, correct? Actually, in all three states. In, 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 all, in Michigan, Wisconsin, and Pennsylvania, which were the difference. Uh, that, that vote was the difference, and oftentimes Stein was enough to be the difference. Uh, and, of course, Stein, if you voted for Stein, then you really are an idiot. I'm sorry, because if you're progressive enough to vote for her, there are some Republicans who voted for Johnson. But uh, if anyone who voted for her, Stein, is, is left. And, if, so, and, and let's just talk about the people who stayed home. Okay, so 2012 had a lesser number of people that voted than 2008. Normally, population increases, right? So every year we get more and more voters. Well, 2012 had fewer than 2008, and 2016 had fewer than 2012. And that's because people were like, oh, my God, Hillary's a crook because she used a private email, you know, and, and, and bought into that lie and, you know, that, that, and therefore just didn't vote. That's right. And, and so there was more than enough to win this. And um, all I can say is if anyone complains about Donald Trump and I hear that they didn't vote or voted for someone other than Hillary Clinton, I'm, I'm just going to hang up on them. You know what? I'll say you got the man you deserved. Sorry. That's, you, you, des- you deserve it. You know, it, it, get, don't, don't talk to me about college affordability. You didn't vote. So that's fine. You didn't want to take part in your country and you get you get what you deserve. One of, the things, one of the things that people, uh, one of the things that people were talking about today, um, was what Kelly Ann uh, Conway had said, and I heard people say it to me on Fox, and I rolled my eyes. But there was some um, re- re- truth to it when you look at the polls, is that people wouldn't admit they were voting for Trump, so they wouldn't answer the question. They say they were voting for Clinton or Johnson or Stein, and then the other people's numbers got padded. But this is especially white voters who didn't want to admit they were voting for Trump, but then went out and voted for Trump. What a sad statement that says that if you're not proud enough for your candidate to, like, say it loud and say it proudly, you know? You know, I don't know. Uh, that that, that could, could very well be true. I think people are afraid of being openly racist in public. They're afraid that people will criticize them for it. And so they, um, they're just uh, openly racist in the ballot box. But, but I, it, I think there's also something else. I do think that when the, F- the director of the FBI puts his thumb heavily on the scale and takes something that has zero relevance because there was nothing there to the campaign and, and, and starts this whole mess, um, that thumb on the scale, I'm absolutely convinced, was the difference in the campaign. And that's really scary. That's really scary because that's worse than anything Jagger Hooper ever did. We only uh, have a, we so, only, Go ahead, sir. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I just said that may not have been reflected in the earlier polls because by the time he came and undid it all, it was the day before the election day. A lot of people didn't hear that. And so uh, they're like, oh, I had people say, you know, I got to choose between the crook and the racist. Well, they didn't realize she was not a crook. No. It just wasn't true. What, 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 I mean, what will they do without talking about Benghazi, Clinton Foundation, emails, WikiLeaks, Julian Assange? I mean, you know what? He's going to kill himself. He's nothing. Nobody's life he can try and screw up or election he can try and screw up. Uh, but on a serious note, so we talked about Roe v. Wade. Um, Mark, how much truth is it that Donald Trump has the sole authority to press a button that would launch uh, nuclear missiles? And I asked because somebody told me today at Fox, there's a reason there's that four minutes in between. And they said, because there's a backup button, because you never know if somebody's a gun against the president's head or if the president goes cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, which this president might, you know, and is that, I'm mad as hell, I'm not going to take it anymore. Boom, you know. Um, Have you heard being there in uh, the Beltway uh, that there is a backup to the button? No, there's no backup. The the, the president sends the the button. 
the communication goes to our underground bunkers. It does require two individuals with two keys, and it can't be one person because they, they can't reach across, uh, and they have to turn their keys simultaneously. Uh, they do check to make sure the president means it and is not, you know, um, I don't know about the cuckoo part. Uh, I mean, y- y- there is an amendment to the Constitution where you can formally declare a president insane, but that requires, you know, a huge effort. It can't be done in four minutes. It requires a whole procedure. Um, basically, they just want to yeah, they, they'll make sure he's not, you know, the president ordered it. It's not, he doesn't have a gun to his head, so that, that can be stopped. But otherwise, no, four minutes is right. They've got to be very quick because, you know, you can, you can nuke a whole country. Uh, missiles can come from the Soviet Russia. Well, they're reforming the Soviet Union. It'll be Soviet Union again soon. But they can come from Russia in, in 30 minutes. So you've got to be able to launch them in four. So, yes, I'm afraid that is true. Uh, what about now? What about uh, the uh, Muslim ban, a ban on Muslims, which Donald Trump has talked about for? Does he have the authority to do that? And is that possible if not he alone with an executive order, but going through a Republican House and possibly Republican Senate as it's looking? Um, even the, though there were people like Mike Pence, his own VP, and uh, Paul Ryan, who were saying, you know, that that that's un American, that that we don't agree with that. Well, we, you, you can have a ban based on certain countries. I think it would be unconstitutional on the First Amendment if you try to impose a religious test and say that you can't be Muslim, but you can't be Christian, say, and come from Syria or whatever. Uh, that, I think, um, would probably be declared unconstitutional, at least until Trump packs the courts with his kinds of you know, judges that he likes. But for now, I think that, but I think he could ban, because we have quotas from different countries. So I think he could very well pick, you know, majority Muslim nations and say, we're not taking anyone from Turkey or Indonesia or, or Syria. You know, we're only taking from England or Poland or whatever. So he could kind of, in effect, do the same thing legally because you, you are allowed to have national origin discrimination for immigration. You're just I don't think you're allowed to have religious discrimination, but oftentimes we, the two track. We have to take a break. Do you want to stick around for just a few more minutes after the break? Sure. Okay, great. Sure. And I'm sorry, Bob, nay, we're going to have to like uh, go back to you tomorrow. Uh, but I haven't talked to Mark in a bit. You know, big day, the day after the election. Very disappointing for we who are Democrats or Hillary supporters. And <clears throat> Mark has a plethora of information, and I want to pick his brain a little bit more. Stay tuned. More with Mark Levine. I'm Leslie Marshall. Coming back after this. I want to get right to it with Mark Levine. Mark, we were just talking about the nuclear option, and uh, Marky Mark and Andrew had a question. Can the GOP Senate use the nuclear option to eliminate the filibuster for everything? In other words, repealing Obamacare, passing legislation, or only for Supreme Court appointments? They can use it for everything. Um, They have to make that decision. It would be a – and it would end it forever in American history. Um, It would just end it. So it means that if the Democrats ever got power again with the president and the Senate, then – uh, the filibuster would be gone. You know, it, I, I, the, the filibuster, uh, you know, I like to have it when I'm in the minority party. I don't like it when I'm in the majority party. I, I won't really defend it. It doesn't have any constitutional basis. Um, but obviously it scares me just because of who they are. But the short answer is yes, you can get rid of the filibuster if they choose to. But once they do it, it's gone forever. Deportation, mass deportation, breaking up families and building a wall under the umbrella of immigration. How likely... Can he get this accomplished? Well, it costs a huge amount of money. He'll have to raise everyone's taxes to do it or massively increase the national debt. 
the wall, particularly if he wants to cover every centimeter on the border, is extremely expensive and frankly won't keep many people out because people can dig under the wall. If you build a wall 10 feet, you find a 12-feet ladder. You build a wall 15 feet, you find a 20-foot ladder. Um, it's actually sensors would be the best way, frankly, but uh, he wants a wall. So um, I, I, I don't know. Will he spend that much more money? Who knows? Who knows? Um, certainly Mexico won't pay for it, that's for sure. So, you know, do people have, well, they have a right to, but do you think that the fear that so many of us have today is justified, whether it's Muslims or it's undocumented workers or people who are documented but have undocumented uh, workers uh, in their family or in their workplace or just in their neighborhood or family circle, um, or those who don't want a wall built around this nation, um, those who want to keep their health insurance and those who are chronically or terminally ill and without that insurance could die. 60 seconds, it's yours, buddy. Well, people are going to die. Uh, once we end the Affordable Care Act, which used to cover people with pre-existing conditions, uh, people are just going to die the way they used to when they lacked insurance. It also is the greatest source of bankruptcy in America. People are going to be in great pain. Um, as far as deportation, we don't really know what he's going to do. Uh, he's been all over the map on his policies. But my main concern is his supporters and them feeling free to commit acts of violence. And if he doesn't stop them, we don't have police stopping them then we're all in trouble. So um, I think people do have a reason to fear. I mean, I don't want anyone to panic. I don't want to commit suicide, but uh, it is a scary time ahead for us. All right. Thank you, Mark. Love you much. Miss you. Love glad you, you too. Glad you were on today. Hang in there. Yeah, thanks. Mark Levine, host of the Inside Scoop with Mark Levine. He's delegate of Virginia's 45th District. He's also an attorney. On Twitter, follow him there at Mark Levine Talk. The website, MarkLevineTalk.com. Sorry to talk media news and Bob Nay, but I went late and wanted to give Mark his time. Coming up, wide open telephones, 8886-LESLIE's the number. We want to get your reaction to the election. The Leslie Marshall Show, the only true democracy in talk radio, of, for, and by you, the people, live nationwide and streaming live at LeslieMarshallShow.com. Call in with your thoughts at 888-6-LESLIE. Ladies and gentlemen, the next president of the United States, Donald Trump. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. She congratulated us, it's about us, on our victory. And I congratulated her and her family on a very, very hard-fought campaign. I mean, she, she fought very hard. Now it's time for America to bind the wounds of division. I pledge to every citizen of our land that I will be president for all Americans. And this is so important to me. For those who have chosen not to support me in the past, of which there were a few people, I'm reaching out to you for your guidance and your help so that we can work together and unify our great country. Working together, 
We will begin the urgent task of rebuilding our nation and renewing the American dream. It's been what they call a historic event, but to be really historic, we have to do a great job. And I promise you that I will not let you down. We will do a great job. We will do a great job. And I can only say that while the campaign is over, our work on this movement is now really just beginning. I'm Leslie Marshall. Good afternoon. Normally I do a monologue at the top of this hour, and I just wanted to go right to the calls today um, because I know a lot of people like me are feeling sad, are feeling blindsided, are feeling shocked. Some of you may be happy because you hated her. Some of you may be feeling regret if you stayed home or voted for Gary Johnson or Jill Stein and maybe realize the impact of you being a holdout. Um, But I encourage you uh, to, are we doing this here, guys? What should we do? I can hear you. I can hear you. uh, I'm not sure. Huh? Huh? Okay, I'm putting the vote down. We have the other line. But I'm hearing a lot of weirdness, so it may go down again, just letting you know. I'm hearing a lot of weirdness. <clears throat> anyway, um, so I want to go to the calls because I want your um, reaction. You know, <laughs> Elizabeth Kubler-Ross, uh, most of you have heard of her or read her book uh, um, or gone through um, something. Uh, it, it, she has five stages of grief, and they are denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And I'm still in denial and anger. I know many of you are today. So let's have like a uh, a group grieving and mourning period and chat. Shall we? Maybe it'll help us get through to into some of those other stages and to um to feel better. I I I got to be honest with you, professional sounding or not, I've been crying like a bloody baby uh, since uh, this was announced last night. Since before it was announced, uh, when I was seeing the map not looking uh, the way Brad Bannon had told me it would look, and uh, others, so many others, had predicted. So let's get to the calls and start it out in the. Uh, Lone Star State, Texas. George is on line two, listening on TuneIn. Hey, George, good afternoon. How you doing, Nancy? I'd give you a hug if I could reach you the phone and help you out a little bit. Oh, you um, <laughs> I just wanted to uh, make, make an observation. Um, you know, Donald Trump said he, he loves the uneducated, and I, I think, you know, we should have really took Bernie up on, you know, the two years of free college. Uh one of the things, uh, you know, with the American people is that, that we get a lot of our, we're divided, and, and one of the reasons is, uh, you know, because we're in the middle of, you know, so-called, you know, leaders, you know, we're, we're uneducated, most of the news that we get and most of the information, Google or Facebook or Twitter, I mean, we, we get everything in short bursts, and I think Donald Trump has, uh trapped into that you know everything that he gives us while he was uh while he was running while he was trying to get our vote was you know short phrases you know uh you know we're going to build a wall but he you know he he doesn't tell us you know exactly how he's going to build a wall you know we're going to deport we're going to you know we and 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 we bet he just keeps repeating it and repeating it and and you know it's it's, and, and we just keep buying it and I think that well, you know, my mom and I were talking, and my mom used to be a Republican years ago, and she became a Democrat. She supported Hillary. Uh, she wasn't a big Obama fan, but she likes Hillary. And she a life. I mean, my mom is a Christian, but uh, at the same time, felt that Donald Trump represented um, the ugly side of this nation. 
and that he was a bully and that he wouldn't be good for this nation going forward or diplomatic with the international community. But she said the same thing, which is, if you say something often enough, people actually believe it. Well, yeah, and that's true. And another thing uh, with with Trump, I think we a lot of times we confuse intelligence with uh, with money. You know, just because somebody's very successful and they got, you know, makes them, you know, that they know everything. You know, just because you have money doesn't make you a good leader. You know, and and that's another way that we've been fooled by uh, by Donald Trump. You know, he's not a successful businessman. He he hasn't really done anything for anybody but himself. Uh, and the businesses he had, you know, he what he went bankrupt four times. You know, why why? I just don't see what what the right sees in this guy. You know, why why do they follow him? I, I just I I can't get it. I don't understand it. Um, well, I think, um, I think you know, there were signs that said, love Trump's hate. I guess it doesn't. And I guess people out there justify what they feel, because, you know, I, I said to somebody that supports Trump, and I said, well, you know my in-laws, they're Muslim. Do you think that, you know, they should have been prevented from coming to this country, that both physicians that have saved, you know, thousands of lives? Oh, well, not them, just terrorist-like people. Or just until we get this ISIS thing under control. So, I don't know. I just, I think, um, I think Americans are fearful. And I think Americans obviously are showing they're hateful, they're racist, they're misogynistic. Um, and, I, I mean, just, just the video of him mocking a handicapped reporter, that alone, Christians should not have voted for him based on that alone. What would Jesus do? Jesus would not vote for a man who mocked that individual. Because the person well, who was disabled, the person who was disabled, was created by God, just like the person mocking him. If you believe right, right, and 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 if you're Christian, which I'm not, I'm not Christian, but I, I do. Uh, I mean, I, I just, I don't know. To me, it's just deplorable what he, what he did. You know, to, uh, making fun of this man. You know, he's he's made. I mean, he's talked against Muslims. He's talked against Latinos, and, you know, I'm, I'm Hispanic, and I can understand how 23% of Hispanics voted for him, you know, and 53% of, uh, of, of, of white women, you know, after, after the comments that he made, how, how, how did he get away with that? I mean, I, I, you, you know, know, again and again and again, I just don't understand. I just don't understand. You know, this, this country says, you know, there are people out there that say, you know, you know, we're corrupt or corrupt. Four thousand lawsuits, seventy-five open. Twelve women, perhaps the thirteenth, have come forward and said he sexually assaulted them. One individual recanted twice that she was raped by him. Juanita Broderick recanted twice that she was raped by Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton's a rapist, and Donald Trump or poor, poor guys being unfairly attacked. There's just a different set of standards. I appreciate talking to you, George. Call me again, buddy, and thank you for joining the commiseration party. Uh, let's go to uh, Doug in Bellingham, Washington, line three next to listening on TuneIn. Hey, Doug, good afternoon. Uh, hi, Leslie. Uh, thank you for having this conversation, and, and uh, I wish your listeners well. Um, I, too, have been uh, crying this morning. Um, it's a necessary thing to let the tears out because... I think when we let our tears out, we can reconnect with our kindness. And the fact is, there is no freedom in cruelty. 
There is never freedom in cruelty. There is only freedom in kindness. The only way we move forward is to continue to do kindness for each other in spite of how difficult it is. There is no freedom in cruelty. Only kindness works. It's the only way forward. And let us not lose hope. Let us continue to do kindness for each other to the best of our ability, because that's the only way we're going to get through this. Ah, you make me cry, too. Thank you for your call, Doug. And, um, you know, half of the country wanted love to Trump hate. So there's hope, I'm hoping, for the future. And God willing, this is just a one-term president. Thank you, Doug, for the call. Uh, Let's go. Uh, Thank you, Doug. I appreciate it. Um, Let's go next to, let's go next to, sorry, my my, uh, cursor's going crazy today. Um, See, crying too much was not a good idea. Let's go next to Linwood in Charlottesville, Virginia, line one, listening on 94.7 WPVC, one of our great affiliates. Hey, Linwood, good afternoon. Hey, Leslie, what's going on? Hey, listen, I'm not even sad. I'm not upset. I'm not even crying because I, I voted for both a Republican and Democrat split ticket. But there is still hope. And I think a lot of Democrats just, I, I, I'm not going to sit here and be crying and boo and all that BS. We're going to fight this bastard. Park the expression. we got to fight this guy. And I think but let me Democrats, ask you, but ask, Linwood, I don't disagree with that. I understand getting thrown off the horse, but get your ass back on it. But let me tell you something yes. else. Ask. Okay. I can't stand. Mm-hmm. After people get lung cancer and they go, I now I'm going to be smoking. When they have the opportunity with the, all the information to put that bloody cigarette down and stop buying those packs and polluting their lungs mm-hmm. with all the warning labels. And the reason I say that, and it may be a bad analogy, but we had an opportunity to defeat this man yesterday. Yes, we the did. The millennials that stayed home. That yes, were sourpuss that their guy, Bernie, didn't win. The people yes. that voted for Jill Stein or Gary Johnson, knowing they would Ralph Nader the election and help Donald Trump. And that's how they are. And that's how the Republicans, if that's how the Republicans always Donald win, Trump too. And the African-American community. They are mm-hmm. all responsible for this as well. Sorry. Go yep. Okay. And you know something? I'm an African-American man, too. And I noticed that myself. And I, and I, I he's still, oh, he's still online? Yep. Okay, I thought you went to commercial, so pardon me. Um, I, I'm an African American man, but I, but I sensed, I sensed it myself that, and, and I've been hearing it on. It's been bubbling under the surface, and it's something underneath the waters that said, "This man has got to win for something to happen." And I'm telling you, Miss Marshall, this man's election has awoken the sleeping giant. I think people got a little comfortable with Obama in the eight years. They realized the mistakes that Obama made by not getting his ducks in a row early on in his administration. They realized he was a babe in this business, and they can F him as any way they could. And guess what? By him listening to those bipartisan elites, they did a great job. Now, we're done with that. Hillary's a loser. Yes. Some of our, some, our, yes, the Democratic Party had some crybabies and some sore losers because they didn't get their guy. Okay? You've got about 48 Democrats and 52 Republicans. Ain't like they can't pass any laws. They don't have the 60 votes. So what are you going to do now? It's in oh, your shoulders. It's a, it's, a, it's a good question. We have an election in two years, and I'm, I'm sorry if I sound like a doomsday, fatalist, pessimistic blowhard, but mm-hmm. in two years... 
I bet everybody's going to just sit back, rest on their laurels, get lazy, and Democrats will not turn out uh, as much in two years as Republicans, because that's and I'm the gonna way tell you, it's always that is, and I hope it You know what, and that's why the Democratic Party, and, the, and people, I see folks up here crying, the Democratic Party gets exactly what they deserve. They deserve this, because the Republicans, you've got to give all the credit to the world to them. Even I respect the Republican Party. When they were in the minority, they fought. When they were in the minority in both houses, they kept fighting. The news coverage was focused more on them fighting the administration, and the majority, and the Democratic majority, sat on their hands and, oh, my God, there's terrorist threats, and we got all this. Well, hell, man, there's casualties in war. You're going to fight for something, stand up. That's why the black people stay at home. That's why the young people, because they don't see no fight in it. They don't see no, no fighting. You know, I'm not African American, and I know you may say, "What the hell are you doing?" I'm, but I'm going to tell you, I think part of it was, and there's a reality. I think part of it was that more African Americans came out because you had an African American candidate the last two elections. And I agree, and that, and and I, that that too comes to fruition. That too as well. Right. Right. I mean, Hillary Clinton's a white Jew, you know, white chick, so I wasn't expecting her to get as much of the support of the African-American community, but I thought Latinos and women would offset that. Thank you for the call, Linwood. Always a pleasure. Uh, let's go next to line four with Mark in Seattle listening on our stream on Spreaker at our website, LeslieMarshallShow.com. Have to break. Hey, Mark. Check I am. Break. Oh, we have to take a break. We'll go to Mark. My bad. Quick break. Back after this. We're back. I'm Leslie Marshall. Welcome, welcome back to After the Election. Many of us, myself included, uh, devastated, blindsided, stunned, uh, in denial, angry, and fearful of the future. Uh, let's get to the calls. We started out with Scott and Ithaca. Line 3, uh, listening on WNYY. Hello, Scott. Good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Hey, Leslie. I can understand how you feel. Um, I want to preface this call that it could get very contentious and argumentative and, you know, ill, Ill will and all that kind of stuff, and that's not where I wanted to go. I, I just want to express my opinion, and I want you to understand that, that you know, it's very easy to, for people like ourselves to like go, I'm right, I know what's I know what the facts are, I know what the you know, what the situation is and uh whatever. So I was I was a Bernie supporter and everything like that, but I wasn't like one of these um Bernie on the brain kind of person, uh, people or whatever. Something like that. As a matter of fact I found some some real serious faults with Bernie himself. And with our party in general, we you know, our party tends to pander uh, and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that, we want to give four years of public school for free. It's never going to pass the Congress in, in the next four to six years. What they could have done is they could have said, hey, let's pay for a voucher system for community college. Community college is just like the old high school. Let's pay for the two years, sell that freezer to the Eskimo kind of thing through Congress and get it done, get something done. The four years of public school will never, ever pass. We pander, we lost. And he had bad advisors. What I'm saying is, this is my perspective. We had a Looney Tune and a totally inappropriate person for president uh, in Donald Trump, you know, as a candidate. We had other people that were less Looney Tunes. Uh, probably people, some people could have lived with a Kasich, even though he, you know, he deviates from a lot of progressives on, on issues and things like that. But then you also have somebody like Hillary Clinton who fits the role for people like me as the typical corporate Democrat. Okay, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, because I got 30 seconds to break. Can you hang with me? I know you got somewhere to go, Scott, but I want you to finish up. Can you hang with us? I'm going to come to you right after. Okay, quick break. Back to Scott. Back to you. Don't go away. And we're back to the calls. Let's go back to Scott. 
Scott's joining us from Ithaca on line three. Go ahead, Scott. You can uh, finish up. I know you have somewhere to go, and I didn't want to yeah. interrupt you. I, um, I wish I could come back on your show sometime as an actual political candidate, which I might run again. But I'm just saying, for now, I was just a plain old voter. And I think instead of, like, vindicating or spewing evil against people who make a decision on, on the way they vote, it's a real spectrum. There were people that were maniacally for Donald Trump, and they voted for Donald Trump. There were people that were maniacally for Hillary Clinton and voted for Hillary Clinton. And then there's somebody like myself. I could vote from an intellectual level, or I could vote from my heart. And I decided, and I know you're not going to agree with this, but I decided to vote from an intellectual level, not from my gut, not from my heart, not who I like, and all that kind of stuff, or I don't like, or who I think is the lesser of two evils. I decided, I looked at both candidates, and I said, I do not feel that either of these candidates fits the bill of who I want as president. So what I did was, I walked into the voting booth, I voted for all the down ticket races, and I did not vote for the President of the United States. I know some people will indict that, oh, you're to blame for electing, you know, Donald Trump and everything else. I'm not personally going to take the responsibility or feel guilty about doing what I did. But we blew the opportunity. We, we even had Martin O'Malley. We had other people that would have made viable candidates that were less controversial. But they weren't your candidate. That, that would but end up being the candidate. You have a right to vote for who you want, but we all have a right to say if you didn't vote for president, then you really have no right to express an opinion or to gripe or moan or complain about things that may happen in the next four years, well, which I, I fear same, will I be the case thing. by not voting for the president was the same. Sorry, not voting for the president, and it's your choice. Absolutely. But not voting for the president is the same as staying home. And any, they were two, it's a two-party race. And until we change that, which may be the future, but it's not the present, we until we change that, you're voting either for or against someone, and that's well, the reality. We need to get better Democratic candidates, and we don't. We make the mistake every single time. Well, you know what? Better Democrat. isn't necessarily what doesn't mean what you want. No, 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 for I example, you, I didn't I want Barack you, Obama. You pull, your, you pull your listeners, pull your listeners, and you ask them, that if there was a voucher system to pay for community college across the United States and we could find a way to pay for it instead of promising four years of public college, which will never happen, never happen in our, in, in our short lifetime at least, instead we could have gotten something and yet they pander, they pander for something. You will no get nothing. The next four years, you will get nothing with regard and, to education. And, and it's not my Republicans fault. It's take it. Well, if that was your issue, why didn't you vote for out of the two candidates that could have won a candidate who definitely was in favor of helping the student you, loans, like wiping out debt, here. providing I'm free community to, college? We're the only one Washington of those D. of those uh, four, by the way, was Hillary Clinton. I'm, I'm going to go to Washington D.C. and I am actually going to work with my Republican congressman on the narcotic heroin issue with some really different approaches on how to address that issue. And I'm, and we're because we have Republicans and Democrats that are in Congress that have family members or friends that were affected by that issue. And, and I'm actually going to get something done. Okay, which is unlike most of your listeners who complain. You know what? I don't need you to. I think it's really unfair. You're going to run for office. Good luck, Scott. You're really, you know, maybe you are a Republican. You should have voted for Trump. You're not very tolerant. And don't judge my listeners. I don't know most of them. How could you? Thank you for the call. Um, you know, you shouldn't just, you know, make a mass sweeping general and say, he's going to run for office. Wow. That sounds like somebody who wants to help people and, you know, 
<clears throat> so if you're in Ithaca and Scott runs, don't vote for him, not only him, don't vote for his category <laughs> if, when and if he runs, right? That's his logic. Let's go to Mark in Seattle, line four, listening on our stream on Spreaker. Mark, good afternoon. Leslie, this is Mark Taylor Canfield. It's been a long time since we talked. Hi, Mark. I think this is the time to talk, however. And uh, if I'm like most journalists in the country, I don't think we're getting much sleep because this was kind of a shock to everybody. And I've been writing over there at Daily Coast about Donald Trump for a long time and a lot of his misogynist and racist tendencies. So it was really shocking to wake up this morning and then look at the Seattle cover of the Seattle Times. And I think I'm just going to – it's like waking up to a bad dream. So I think I'm just going to tweet – a sad day for America, a great day for prejudice and intolerance. And But of a positive note um, for you and others, I think we really should remember that Hillary Clinton actually got more of the popular vote than Donald Trump. So. By the way, and she did, and I've mentioned that. Is it me or Mark here, Marky Mark, Andrew? Is it me or I haven't seen ABC, NBC, CBS, cable news. I haven't seen anybody even bloody mention that. It was mentioned earlier today on the BBC as I was listening to international coverage, so they definitely brought it up. Um, they interviewed um, several people and, and started the program by mentioning that. But it is an important fact. You know, at least half the country did support the Democrats during this election. And I know it's easy for all of us to feel really disappointed in a sort of winner-take-all system, but I call this the WTF election which I think is the, the cover of the Daily Post. Last night, I was walking around Seattle reporting on the protests that were happening here, and the first thing I encountered was a woman walking down Broadway up on Capitol Hill, absolutely screaming at the top of her lungs about Donald Trump. And then people from around her sort of gathered around her, and then we walked her to one of the protests. Then once I got to the protest, I sat down and interviewed one of the women sitting in the intersection blocking the street at Pike and Broadway, which ironically, Leslie, was the same intersection where people were celebrating the uh, election of President Obama, not, you know, not too long ago. But this woman started crying when I interviewed her and said, you know, you have no idea what it feels like to be a woman in this country right now. So that's how folks in Seattle, a true blue city, are reacting. And like I said, I find it very ironic that people are were blocking an intersection um, to protest the election of a president in the same exact location that there was such a celebration a couple of elections ago. And I think, you know, we have to also question some of the media and the political consultants and pollsters who got it so wrong. I mean, I was on another show yesterday with Brad Bannon uh, last night, and I consider him a friend. I've known him for a long time. Yeah, Brad is we, a friend of mine as well. I love him, but he was so wrong as wrong as wrong can be. Yes, so there's a real disconnect here, and we've also got to examine that issue honestly, and, and I'll accept responsibility for that, because most of my colleagues, I actually, I can't think of one reporter that I've been talking to, and it Democracy Watch News. We have a national press briefing every week. I didn't hear anybody mention the fact that Donald Trump should win. In fact, I saw some predictions online that said crazy things like, you know, he has a 0.03% possibility of winning. So something, there's some kind of disconnect there that the American media really has to take responsibility for, too. And also Democrats. I mean, somehow there was a, a uh, 
a disconnect with a lot of the working class voters across the country, and that's something I think the Democrats are going to have to work on for the next four years, is really reaching out to folks who have suffered from some of these trade agreements and have had their jobs outsourced. I mean, that was one of Trump's populist appeals, unfortunately. I'm sad to see it being delivered in such a uh, corrupt package, you know, to, to use his own word, but that's that's the truth, and that's what we got to deal with now. Is the is the progressives, liberals, they got to pick themselves off the ground and really get organized and take um, politics seriously. No more sitting at home watching CNN and deciding not to go vote because you know you you're too busy fixing dinner. Uh, this is a, a sacred uh, honor and duty for all Americans to get out there and engage in the political system, and Democrats are going to have to do that. You can't sit back and sit on your laurels anymore. That's the lesson of this election. I, I agree. Whether people like reaction. it or not, you know, you may like green parties and you may like the cooler, hipper Volkswagen with pretty, you know, stickers. You gotta get behind your candidate. You know what? Those of us who backed Hillary Clinton backed Barack Obama. And if we hadn't, he never would have been our president. We would have had a President John McCain and the President Mitt Romney, perhaps. And I got to tell you, I'm sorry, but the, you know, Peter King said the Democrats are responsible for Trump and they partially are. And shame on us for that. Thank you for your call. I appreciate it. Uh, And, and, uh, you know, Democrats, millennials, African-Americans, you know, some women, you know, any of you who stayed home and you're upset with this, If in the next four years we go to war, you lose your health care, your premiums go up because the insurance companies will be unleashed to do whatever the hell they want. Russia continues to be a bedfellow with us. ISIS recruits more and we have more terrorist attacks against us. A wall never gets built but stands there and families might be broken apart and your taxes raised in order to pay for it. Please forget my number. We'll be back. Albuquerque on line two. Stephen's listening on listening on KABQ Radio. Hey, how you doing, Stephen? Good afternoon. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. Are you can hear me just fine. I can hear you just fine. Okay, uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, you know this was very surprising to me, considering you know I saw Trump. You know, I studied what he was doing, and the fact that he didn't have a staff or a political machine behind him the way Hillary did, it seemed kind of laughable that he was just, you know, kind of free-winging it, except for a few people around him, you know, but that that didn't seem to play out the way I thought, you know, and I'm very disappointed that the results came out the way they were, um, but one thing that really um, sticks out to me is that uh, Noam Chomsky said, and he brought up, a, I've been listening to him lately, at a report a few years ago that said that 90% of the decisions made in this country are not influenced whatsoever by the general population of the people. And I, I think people are getting tired of just not having to stay in their country. I don't know that they're getting too specific about whether it's coming from big business or government. They're just tired of it all. Um, you know, all the elites together uh, just not giving them a voice. And I think that's one reason why the blue-collar worker did not, you know, did not come out for Hillary like we expected them to, which was disappointing. And I, I really think that, you know, if if it comes down to having a candidate who 
has a machine behind them like Hillary or someone like Bernie who doesn't have the machine but just can show that they don't have corporate ties and they're just they're just someone with great ideas and they're passionate about it and they're willing to make change. I think this election shows that, you know, we, we need to have someone that doesn't have the machine but has the passion for the change and the ideas that get people going because they don't want the they don't want the elites in the machine. Oh, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? I hear you, but you're wrong. And let me tell you why. Um, okay. Donald Trump had a machine. It wasn't the same machine as Hillary. She had the traditional campaign machine. Donald Trump had a machine called the media. And every time Donald Trump opened his mouth, every network was there because they reaped the benefits because they're businesses of ratings and money. And by doing oh, that, they gave Donald Trump more publicity than any of the other 16 Republican primary candidates, which was unfair to all of them. And when he got the nomination, they gave him more coverage, whether good or bad. They gave him more coverage than they did Hillary Clinton. And um, whether she, you know, was speaking and, and when and there was when there was coverage of Hillary, I know everybody says, oh, the media wasn't reporting badly. Really? Go back and look. The media reported about WikiLeaks. The media reported about her email. The media reported about Juanita Broderick and the allegations against her husband. They talked about her health. I mean, the list goes on. Right now, there are 75 open lawsuits against Donald Trump. Have you seen anybody talk about that today? Have you seen anybody no. talk about the fact that we now have a 13th victim that has come forward accusing Donald Trump of sexually assaulting her? Have we talked about the fact, although we did with Hillary, that she might be the first sitting president ever to be indicted, blah, blah, blah. And, by the way, you will never hear Benghazi emails Clinton Foundation. You won't hear that again. You won't hear it again. Because they don't care about Benghazi and those people who died. They don't care about emails. There is no criminal action. They know that, not once but twice from the FBI, and they don't feel that the Clinton Foundation is uh, wrought with crime, because if they did, you would see this going on even if she weren't president, but it only would have happened if she were. Now, because she won't be, is anybody talking today about the fact that Donald Trump will be the first individual elected that has 75 open lawsuits and 12, if not 13, allegations of sexual harassment against him? Oh, by the way, and those numbers are much bigger than Bill Clinton's. So has anybody mentioned that to you today? By the way, has anybody even talked about the fact that Hillary Clinton made history as the first woman to uh, run? Has anybody talked about the fact that Hillary Clinton got numbers in red states like Georgia better than any Democrat in modern day? And has anybody talked about the fact that Hillary Clinton won the majority of votes and the popular vote? And therefore, more Americans voted for her than him. But because of our electoral college, he won, you know, based on the way uh, that went down in those states. So, no, you know, I, 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 there is a machine and the media is his machine. And he spent millions of dollars of his own money and he uh, changed his staff three times. So he had a machine. He just did things not traditionally, but he did them his way and it was successful. But he, he had a machine. Okay. Well, I, I those are those are great points, and I, I completely agree with you on that. That she got screwed by the media. Uh, I think the uh, one thing is that he did a, he added he took the Democrats' message in a way the populist message, which the Democrats. I mean, that should that is their message, and you know he he did a better job at doing the populist message. He's not going to be able to deliver on that message. You know, but he did a good job at selling it, and 
I, you know, I, I, I mean, would you agree that if t- getting the money out of politics so that we can get more authenticity without having to make promises to the big companies where, you know, it's more based on ideas than, you know, who backs you? I mean, would you agree with, that that would be a, you know, a good step in the right direction for being more successful on the Democratic side? No. No, I think more people, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry to be a naysayer and a pessimist. I think there's just, you know, I think there's apathy. I honestly, do you want my prediction? Okay, let's, Marky sure. Mark, can you write this down? This is my prediction for the next sure. four, uh, from now for the next four years, and I'll include the, the uh, midterm elections, okay? All right? Um, one, two years from now, in, a midterm, in midterm elections, Democrats, youth and minorities, and women, will stay home more so than white Republicans because that's been the norm, okay? And at the end of four years, we'll then wake up to the reality that, oh, crap, we're screwed. We'll vote en masse. Democrats will take over the House, take over the Senate, and God willing, take over the White House and make this guy a one-term president. It would be lovely if then that president appointed Hillary Clinton to the Supreme Court just to piss off the Republicans because I think God has a sense of humor. But then in the next four years, this is what I predict. I predict they'll start to build the wall. They won't be able to finish it because they can't pay for it. Mexico won't pay for it, no matter how much that leader bends over to Donald Trump. And in addition to that, we can't pay for those to man it. There will not be mass deportations simply because between ICE, Homeland Security, Congress, the president, and border security, Peter and Paul don't know what the other's doing. And we don't have the money. You're not going to pick up over 11 million people or break up families, and Republicans know that. They know the power of the Latino vote. Even though Donald Trump got 29%, they can't afford to lose that 29% uh, to definitely four years from now. Okay? One. Two. Republicans have already said, they used to say repeal and replace. Do you know what they said today? They're going to change aspects of the Affordable Care Act. I don't know if you heard that. You know why? There's no way they're going to toss out over 20 million people who have health insurance, some of which who have pre-existing conditions, some of which who are critically, terminally, chronically ill and need the medication um, or the machine. They are not going to ban Muslims. And if they ban entire nations, that hurts us, hurts us globally with trade. And that hurts our economy. And that hurts us when we pick up the phone and go, yo, Saudi Arabia, we need money, we need jets, we need to blow ISIS to bits. We will not carpet bomb, because even though Donald Trump thinks he's going to be president and that means dictator, we do have a Pentagon military joint chiefs and a military who, yes, are under him that are going to hold his hands as his staff does with Twitter. Thank God we need two people to press for the button, not one. And quite frankly, Mike Pence, much like Dick Cheney, will probably be whispering in Donald Trump's ear for the the better part of the next four years. I will bet that Donald Trump and his wife don't live in the White House for the next four years, but rather retreat to Trump penthouse in New York. He's more comfortable there than D.C. I will also bet that he is not on the job every single day and that he continues his businesses and that his family does and that every decision that man makes will benefit his businesses and his family. What will happen as a result to the America that we know and love? I predict we will have more terrorist attacks. ISIS will have more recruits. I predict that we will have those death panels. I predict that we will have more division, and I predict we will have wars along lines of race and religion. That's my very glim future. 
in my mind, that's going to happen in the next four years. We'll see if I'm right. Hope I'm wrong. Fear I'm not. I'm Leslie Marshall. Thank you for listening. We'll be back tomorrow. We've got all the news right here. I'm going to stop you right there. I see you about to settle on a day-old donut for breakfast. Well, this is a chick intervention. Because McChicken Biscuits and Chicken McGriddles are now at McDonald's. So just hit that drive through and change your life. For breakfast, you got this. Wake up breakfast. Say good morning to McChicken for breakfast. Right now at your local McDonald's, you can mix and match two Chicken McGriddles or McChicken Biscuits for just $3. Price and participation may vary at participating McDonald's for a limited time.